now. I possess it now. It's part of me now. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. We stand in grace. What a marvelous thought. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings or our pressures. Because we know something. We know that suffering produces perseverance. And perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out His love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom He has given us. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Now, very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates His own love towards us in this. While you and I were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have been justified by His blood. Isn't the blood wonderful? Amen. Oh, thank God for the blood. How much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through Him? Let's pause right there. I want to talk a few minutes this morning. Now that I'm justified. Or blessings of our justification. Father, we thank You for Your Word. Father, I believe that a majority here know You and love You. So we are presenting a message that is for the people of God. We are describing and communicating, expounding the reality of what we possess when we truly know Jesus Christ. Now, Father, give us ears to hear and hearts to receive and respond to this precious word in Jesus' name and all God's people said. Oh, folks, it's great to be a child of God. It's great to be a child of God. And now that we're justified. In the book of Romans, Paul begins the first one, two, three and a half, two and a half chapters by proving that the whole world is guilty before God. He goes on and begins his book. We're guilty before God and we're unable to save ourselves or to earn our righteousness, to merit our salvation. He proves that men are guilty. He proves that, that men are unable, totally inadequate to save themselves or earn their salvation. But then he describes and he declares some of those beautiful news you'd ever heard. But God, who is so rich in mercy, God, who is great in love, He has made a way and He has offered to us a way, those of us that are guilty, those of us that are totally inadequate in ourselves to do anything about that, He has offered us a way. Where though we are lost and though we are condemned, we could be forgiven and we could be made right in the sight of God. And that way is only one way, and that's through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and what He accomplished on Calvary. It's not by our works or our human merit. It's not by um, anyhow obeying the law. We couldn't obey it. But God has made a way that whoever you are and whatever you've done, you can be forgiven and you can be restored to the true and living God. 
It doesn't matter how many times you tried or failed. Jesus loves you and Jesus died for you. And in Him, by putting your faith in Him and giving Him your life, you can be forgiven. Your life can be restored and reconciled to God. And you can become a child of God. Man needs it. Man is totally inadequate, incapable of himself to earn it. But God, bless His holy name. Whose love is great and mercy is rich. But God has chosen to offer a way through His Son where you and I could be made right. Look at Galatians 2 and 16, if you would. Galatians 2 and 16. I want to nail this down before we begin to talk about the blessings of our salvation. Before we begin to shout about what we have in the here and now. Let's understand clearly how we get to that point. Paul writes, know that a man is not justified by observing the law. Why? Because none of us could observe it. The law wasn't written to save me. It was really written to to show me that I I need a Savior. Even God's law, holy and wonderful. But that law can't save me because I can't keep it. And all the laws I make on my own, my own merit system... My own way of thinking I can somehow climb the ladder to heaven. It is rejected every time. The Bible is clear. Know this. A man is not justified. Justified. Not made right before God. By observing the law. But by faith in Jesus Christ. Not just in faith. Not just in faith in faith. Or faith in a church. Or faith in your good works. But faith in Jesus Christ. So we too... Here's a movement. We too, we love the Lord. We too that have given our hearts to Christ. We too have put our faith in Christ Jesus. Have you put your faith in Christ Jesus? Have you put your faith in Christ Jesus? It's the only way you'll get to heaven. It's the only way you'll know that your sins are forgiven and you don't got to wait to the deathbed. You don't got to wait to see Him. You can have it now. You can be confident of it now. The Bible says, so we too have put our faith In Christ Jesus, not in the assemblies of God, not in Pleasant Grove. Our faith is in Christ Jesus. The one that came and identified with us became our substitute, died on the cross and rose again. So we put our faith in Christ Jesus that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by observing the law. Because by observing the law, anyone's law, even God's law, no one will be justified. And this faith is not merely just a mental assent. This is a personal, individual faith in Jesus Christ and what He accomplished on Calvary. That's the faith that will save you. That is the faith that will justify you. Justification, very simply. Justification, it's an act of God, not an act of man, not an act of the bishop or the pope. It is an act of God where God declares this is an act and a declaration where the Almighty God declares that the believing sinner is righteous in Christ on the basis of what Christ has done. And now that we are justified, Jesus dies for us. Jesus raises again. When you come to the Lord Jesus, when you give Him your life and you serve the Lord, God declares you righteous. 
He applies what Jesus has done to you and He takes your sin and your rebellion and He applies it to Jesus' cross on Calvary. It's a marvelous exchange. It's an act. It's not a process. When you get saved, God says, you are justified. You now are standing with Me that is secure and everlasting. You are now My Son. It's an act. It's not a process. Don't get that confused with sanctification, justification, a one-time act where God knows our hearts and He knows if you're sincere and you receive Jesus and He sees you put your faith in Christ and the gavel of God strikes down, boom, and God says, justified, righteous. From that moment on, you have a brand new standing with God. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Now, sanctification is something else. We, 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 we get, um, we get um, mentally confused when we get that. We, we think, if they're justified, how come they're still? Well, once you're justified, you have a standing. You're a citizen. You're a son. But now it's time to grow up. And that's justified. That means that's, that's sanctified. That's the process of walking with God. So now that you and I have received Christ, Now that we are justified and have a new standing with God, God grants us at this very moment multiple blessings and benefits. Not just for someday that day, but for this present moment, this present hour that you can enjoy, that you can employ, that you can embrace, that you can partake. In our text, Paul is listing some of the very precious blessings that we can enjoy right now as we walk with God. Again, our text, very simply, Paul begins this book by declaring the world is guilty, condemned before God. Then Paul recognizes and reveals and explains, but God has made a way that lost man can be saved and forgiven and be made right with God. And then we are those that have responded. And now Paul begins this fifth chapter by saying, therefore, since we have been justified, since we are the ones that have responded to the gospel, since we are the ones that have received Christ in our hearts, let us know right now there are some precious, wonderful blessings that are ours as we speak, that are ours that we can partake of by faith. Justification, the rest of this text, is basically viewed as the wealth of blessing that God is conveying and God is giving to His children. This is something that you can read in the, in the first person. This is something that you can claim for yourself. We look at our text again. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Since we've been justified, since you came to Christ, since you gave Jesus your life, since you put your faith in Him and what He did on that cross for your forgiveness, And for your justification, number one, the first blessing Paul says right there in verse one, you now have peace with God. You now are no longer estranged from God. You're now a son of God. You're no longer in rebellion against God. You now stand righteous before God. You see, the Bible teaches very clearly that the unsaved person is at enmity with God. He is um, he's disobeyed the will of God. He's broken the law of God. 
He is in the state of rebellion against God. Everyone that's unsaved, I don't care if it's grandma and she bakes you cookies. The Bible is clear. Whoever is not born again, whoever has not received Christ, they're separated from the life of God. They're under the condemnation and judgment of God. That's why it's so important to preach the gospel. That's why it's so important to pray over those that have not been served because only through Christ can they be served eternal life, forgiveness in heaven. The Bible teaches that the unsaved person, and this is throughout the Bible, is so clear. Intimacy with God. Disobeyed the will of God. Broken the law of God. But when a person comes to Christ, all that changes. It changes immediately. It changes dramatically. From a deserved condemnation, we receive a merciful justification. And now we have, we presently possess peace with God. A new standing and a new status before the Almighty God. This is not a feeling. This is a fact. This is a new standing in our life. A new relationship between us and God. This is not the peace of God that we talk about. That comes later on. That's a benefit that we embrace later on. But when you get saved and you become justified, God declares you now have a new status with me. You have a new standing with me. You're no longer a slave. You are now a son. The sinner becomes a son and the rebel becomes righteous the moment you ask Christ into your heart. It's not a feeling. It's a fact. We are now. You don't wait to get to heaven to get justified. You are justified the moment you receive Christ. And when you are justified, that means in Jesus, the penalty is removed. Jesus Christ, He took that penalty on Calvary. Jesus Christ, He bore that guilt, that shame, that judgment on the cross so you and I will never have to bear it. When a man or woman becomes justified by putting their faith in Christ, Jesus, in Christ, the penalty is removed, but then favor is restored. God says you're no longer a rebellious slave. You are now a son. You are now a daughter. You now have the privileges and the blessings and the benefits and the rights as sons. You now belong to me and you can call me father. You are now one of my children and the table is spread and you can enjoy the fullness of this salvation. You can enjoy life and that more abundantly. You can have a hope of eternal blessing, but even in the present hour, You can stand on my word. You can enjoy my victory. And you can walk in my authority. Oh, it's a wonderful thing to be saved. If you're saved, get happy. I'm talking to you. It's about time we believe the book. Say yes to the book. God, I am a believer. Therefore, you said I have peace with you. I'm not a slave. I'm a son. I'm not a rebel. I am righteous. The penalty has been removed. Aren't you glad that every terrible thing you and I I did. He's not going to judge us because he judged Jesus on Calvary. Oh, my Lord. Someone said, that was a good one because I did enough to get judged. But God in his mercy said, if you'll come to me, I'll take everything you did and all the judgment you deserve and I'll put it on my son. And I said, oh, Lord, I'll take that deal. I'll take it twice on Sunday. Here I am. I'm guilty. Here I am. I'm guilty. But forgive me. I put my faith in Christ. Oh, hallelujah. If you're justified, that means you've got peace with God. You've got a standing with God. 
Oh, no, we're not like Adam and Eve trying to cover the nakedness of our rebellion with fig leaves. We come boldly before the throne, recognizing, Abba, Father, I'm your son, I'm your daughter. I want to talk to you. I need some counsel. I need some grace. I need somewhere to pour out my burden. I need somewhere to receive a fresh blessing. Justified means the penalty is removed and the favor is restored. And in Jesus, righteousness is Bestowed. I love that. God, God places the righteousness of Jesus upon those that put their faith in Christ. And we stand in righteousness. Since we have been justified through faith, we have, number one, peace with God. Number two, we have access to God. Now, I like this. Verse 2a, this marvelous privilege. Marvelous privilege. Oh, Sonatag, he, he went back to Wisconsin. I always like to pick on him when I come to this thought. Um, sorry, Don, but you know, Don's rolling in it. I always joke with him. He certainly got more than this poor preacher does. But I said, if I could get his card and get his number, you know what I mean? Then I could access his riches, but he won't give me that card. You know, that pin number. Isn't that right? If I could, see, you see, we serve a God that he's not broke, busted, and disgusted like a lot of his people are, but he's got the wealth of blessing and the riches and provisions. But we have to learn that it belongs to us through Christ, but then we have to access it. It doesn't do us any good. Have all the money in the world. I forgot my pin number. Oh, Lord, I lost my card. You can't access it. You've got to recognize, yes, I've got so much in Christ, but by itself it's not going to do me a whole lot of good unless I learn to access it by faith. I'm going to learn what I have, and then I'm going to use what i got. I'm going to lay claim to the blessing. I'm going to believe if He said I can have peace beyond understanding, then devil, you're a liar. I'm going to sleep well tonight. You can sound pious, and you can sound overly humble and toss and turn. You're living below the high privilege that you have as a child of God. Lay claim to the promise. He says if you belong to me and you've got peace with me, you can have the peace of me and you can sleep like a baby. All hell can be rolling against you. The thunder's crashing. The waves are rolling. But you can sleep like a baby. Why? Because you are a child of God. You belong to Jesus. The riches of salvation belong to you. Hallelujah! You can walk in peace. You can walk in forgiveness. You might say, well, after I got saved, I messed up. Well, the Bible says if you messed up, if you'll confess that sin, God is faithful and God is just to forgive you of that sin, to pick you back up and get you back in the race again. Some of you, you you sinned since you've been a believer. We all sinned since we come to Christ. But you don't have to let the condemner keep you down and keep harassing you and belittling you because cost of it. There is a promise that says you can confess that sin and God is faithful to cleanse it. He'll restore the relationship. He'll lift the burden. He'll get a song back in your heart. He'll put a song back in your voice. He'll put a dance back in your step. I'm trying to tell someone, if you're a believer, get into that Bible. Learn what it says. Put your name in that book and say, Jesus, if that belongs to me, I'm going to claim it. I'm going to enjoy it. And I'm I'm going to walk in it. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You don't need Greek, Hebrew, Italian, Polish. It's in the book. Are you saved? It belongs to you. Are you a believer? It's yours. You put your faith in Christ? Go ahead. Enjoy the blessing. Through whom? 
Through who? Through Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. Jesus. Fall in love with Jesus. I mean, I mean, flat out, just fall in love with him. Talk to him. Talk to him in your car. Talk to him when you lay in bed at night. Amen. Praise him. Love him. Think about him. Through whom we have gained access. By faith. By faith. By faith. By faith. Got to know that PIN number. Got to use that card. Got a lot up there in the treasure house. Well, number one, you got to know it's there. Number two, you got to know how to access it. Well, that's why you see so many Christians, they, they live in life they don't know God. Oh, I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to jar someone. You don't got to live below. You can live above. Amen? I'm trying to challenge someone. You've been tired. You got used to living that, 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 that negative Christian life. There shouldn't be such a thing as a negative Christian life. But we have to learn how to access everything he purchased. Am I reading a foreign Bible? Verse 1 says it's a done deal. We have been, we have been, we have been. Therefore, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. Oh, my Lord. Access into this grace. We stand in grace. We don't stand in condemnation. We stand in grace. We don't stand and, you know, keep working it. Maybe you'll get there Sunday. We stand in grace now. Covered by His blood now. Filled with the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead now. Now, when you think about this, access to God. You know, for the Old Testament Jew, the Old Testament Jew was kept from God's presence by the veil in the temple. And that Old Testament Gentile, well, he was kept out. By a literal wall in the temple that actually had a sign warning. If any Gentile goes beyond this wall, they'll be killed. But when Jesus Christ died, he tore the veil and praise God, he broke down the wall. And now in Christ, believing Jew, believing Gentile, we have access to God and to the riches of His grace. We have access to the goodness and the mercy and the blessings and the abundance of God. Oh, my goodness. Paul is saying, even now, as you walk through this life where there's battles and there's trials, know that you know if you belong to Him, your standing is forever changed. But you have been given now accents. Jesus said, I came to give life and I came to give it more abundantly. I've got life for you in the here and now. I've got grace to meet your need in your present situation. Whatever it is, God's grace can handle it. The Bible says we've been given access into this grace into the riches, into the privileges, into the blessings of this salvation. Oh, my Lord, now that we are justified, we have access into the storehouse of God's grace. There is now a place where we can go and pour out our hearts and fill up on His mercy. There is a place where we can go And take all of our heaviness and confusion and receive His wisdom and His strength. A new song for a new hour. There is a place where the source of divine resource is given to the child of God that we might receive what we need to fight this good fight of faith 
and to finish this race and to be a good witness of the glory and the love and the mercy of God. So what was unthinkable in that Old Testament, actually approaching the presence of God, actually dwelling in that presence of God, actually enjoying the privilege and blessings that flow there, what was unthinkable to the Old Testament Jew is now available to all who are in Christ Jesus. For everyone that comes to God through Christ. So we ask, what is it that you need? You'll find it in the grace of God. You see that word access or introduced to some translations. It's used really only about two other times in this New Testament. And it always refers to the believer's access to God through Jesus Christ. After all, Jesus is the way. Jesus is the door. It is by Him we gain access into the riches of this salvation. By Him we can lay claim to everything we need for life. And for godliness in this life. And the word access had, had two great pictures within this word. Number one, it's the regular word for introducing or ushering someone into the presence of royalty. Access. It was used when you would take someone and you would bring them into the presence of the king. As if Paul is writing and was explaining that what Jesus did through the cross... What Jesus does to the gospel of this salvation, He ushers us poor, lonely, lost beggars. He makes us, He saves us, He redeems us, He brings us into the presence of the King of Kings. He brings us into the presence of the Almighty God. It's a beautiful thought to be introduced or given access into the presence of the Almighty. I don't know about you, Time or two in a past life, I was ushered into the principal's office a time or two. I didn't get grace when I got there. I was hoping maybe for mercy once I got there. But when this door was open, as Jesus ushers us into the presence of God, we find grace and we receive gifts. We find the abundance of the kindness and the affections. And the provisions of God. It's a beautiful word. When Paul writes, we have gained access. He's saying through the blood of Jesus, the Lord Jesus has introduced us and brought us into the very presence of God. To be able to commune with God. To receive from the breath of God. But this word was also used later on in Greek. It was used um, for a word where um, ships would come in. And they would find haven. And they would find a harbor. It's in this sense, it speaks to us of the great haven of God's grace. Where we can experience the calm and the rest and the security of Christ. It speaks to us of a place where we can leave the battle and the challenges and the heartaches of this world and come into the refuge of our salvation and enjoy a calm and a peace and a rest that only the believer can enjoy. And though we're still in the world where there's judgment and there's negativity and it's a fallen world, it's an ugly world, but yet the believer who knows God and lives close 
to God. We find a haven for our lives that we can go through it without it overwhelming us. We can go through it without it sinking our ship. We have found access into the very presence of the living God, into the arms of the one who holds the universe, but He also holds us and He's our refuge. He's our strength. He's our very present help in time of trouble because of what Christ has done. And now that you are a child of God, God says you have access to come into my presence, to have me meet your needs, to have me surround your life with my love, my mercy, and my grace. Because of Jesus, we have entry into the very presence of God. Access into the wonderful blessings of our salvation. I want to encourage someone this morning. As a child of God, you are rich. As a child of God, you have spiritual riches that are at your bestowal. As you open up the Bible, you'll see promises you can lay claim to, principles that you can apply. You'll find blessings that you can appropriate. They belong to you. Some of them obviously wait for glory. But many, many of them you can have right now. You can enjoy right now. But it's up to you and I to access it, to lay claim to it, to put our faith in it, be encouraged to draw near and enter in and receive what God has given to you and desires of you. Friends, the grace of God is marvelous. The grace of God is wonderful. The grace of God contains the mercy and the blessing and the help and all the salvation of the Lord. Oh, friend. I, I, I remember a commercial as I was writing this message um, some years ago, back in um, the, the late 80s, early 90s, there was a, a commercial on TV about um, Prego tomato sauce. Anybody remember Prego? Well, there, there was an, uh, there, an Italian mother, and she's in the kitchen. She's stirring, stirring this big pot of sauce. Her adult son comes in. He looks, and he notices the garbage. There's, there's these glass jars, um, you know, store-bought jars of tomato sauce. And he looks. He says, oh, Mama, store-bought sauce? And Mother says, it's, pre- it's Prego. It's good. Can't tell the difference. He looks back, but Mama, does it have those fresh tomatoes that you make? Oh, Mama says, it's in there. And my mama, mama, does it have the, the oregano and, and the garlic that you make and you mince up? And Mama, just with that wooden spoon, it's in there. But how about that sausage that gives it such flavor, that wonderful sausage? That, and Mama says, son, it's in there. <clears throat> now, I don't know too much about that jar-bought stuff. But I could tell someone this morning about the grace, the grace of God. I can tell you concerning the grace of the God we serve that whatever you need, it's in there. <laughs> Do you need forgiveness because you messed up? It's in there. Receive you the grace of God. Do you need health because you got a bad report from the doctor? It's in there. The healing power of Jesus Christ. Do you need wisdom for that decision and that deadline? It's in the grace of God. Access it. Claim it. Lay hold of it. Enter in and let God bless you with it. Here's comfort for the Lord. Only and their strength for the weary. There's provision for the needy. It's been provided. It's been purchased. God says the blood of my son has purchased for you not just forgiveness someday, but abundant life this day. Lay claim to it. Put your arms of faith around it and let God bless you and receive the goodness of God in the land of the living. Somebody say amen. Believe the promise 
Expect God's answer and ask confidently for God's faithful reply. You don't have to beg. You're not a beggar on the street. You're a son sitting at the table. Just ask. Just ask. You don't got to plead or barter. You're not, not out there. No, 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 no. Just ask. Just lay claim. Just embrace it. It's your inheritance in the Lord. I like how Paul says it in Ephesians 3 and verse 12. Ephesians 3 and verse 12. In Jesus, through faith. Again, you can't get around faith. Let me explain this because some people don't get it. I'm going to explain it. I hope I can do this right. Just because you get saved doesn't mean all the blessings of God are going to splash on you. You've got to claim these blessings by faith. Certain blessings come automatically. You know, when you become a citizen, you know, automatically. The military will protect you automatically. You get the justice system automatically. You've got to ask for it. But, you know, you can be a citizen. I had a grandmother, never got a driver's license. She could have. She was born here. Chose not to. There was a privilege she never... Mm. You know, we live in a country where you can have a business if you want. Some countries, government's going to own everything. You can't just, you know. But here, you want to have business? You can have business. But it won't come automatically, will it? You've got to go apply. You've got to go claim. You've got to go. Oh, there's so many black. You know, you, 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 you can go to college here. Not every country will let you go to college. You don't hit certain scores. They say, we're not going to waste our time with you. But, you know, here, if you can get in, and trust me, there's a school everybody can get into. If you can get in, you can go to college here. But you know what? You've got to lay claim to that. You've got to pursue that. You've got to know what you have. So you don't got to know You just be a citizen. Government, they protect you. You live here, they protect you. Yeah, you don't got to prove it. They protect you. A lot of, but a lot of the blessings for the child of God will not come just because. We ask Jesus into our hearts and do our best to live for Him. They have to be realized and recognized. They need to be accessed. They need to, um, the conditions have to be met. And faith in Him, in Jesus, and it's through faith. I'm going to believe it. I'm going to act upon it. When, when we were old, backslidden sinners, the gospel was just as real then as it is now. The gospel was just as powerful then as it is now. Just as true then as it is now. Well, 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 why wasn't it doing anything for us? Because we didn't put any faith in it. We didn't respond to the message. We didn't believe the message. So you can have the wonderful promises of God. You can have all the wonderful benefits Offered, But number one, I've got to recognize what God offers. And then by faith, I receive it. I believe it. I apply myself to walk in it. In Him, through faith in Him, we may, this is beautiful, we may approach God with what? Freedom. And with what? Confidence. Not like a little whip pup, afraid he's going to roll that paper and smack us. Now, if things aren't right, get them right. Confess them. He'll, he'll forgive. He's not going to make you jump. But what a beautiful thought. In Him and through faith in Him, 
we, speaking to believers, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. If you're a child of God, you have access to the throne of God's grace. And there is a place you can go whenever you have a need, whenever you have a burden. There's a place you can go and just talk and commune with the living God. There's a place you can go to receive refreshing and renewing of your strength and comfort for your hurt. There is a place you can go receive wisdom for your decisions. There's a place you can go and receive courage to face your battles. There's a place you have access through the blood of Jesus into the very throne room of God. And when you get there, He's not there with the sternness and a discipline. He's there as a Father because you've come through the blood. Because you've put your faith in Christ. He's there to give grace and help and mercy in our time of need. He's there as you wait on Him to renew your strength. He's there as you abide in the secret place of the Most High to give you a confidence to face life and a joy to sing through the storms of life. Oh, if you're a Christian, this morning. You are blessed. You are blessed. I want to encourage someone. Enter into it. Make the effort to grow in it. Be disciplined and devoted enough that you can get beyond the elementary once in a while Christianity and move into the fullness of your salvation for that is the will of God for all of His people. Can you say amen? Paul writes, Therefore, Since we have been justified, we've been declared righteous through faith. Not faith in us, not faith in our efforts, not faith in our church, but faith in Jesus Christ and what He has done for us. Therefore, we have peace with God. The battle's over. The war is over. You're a son. You're a daughter. Just submit and enjoy and walk with your God. Find yourself under the pavilion of His love and His care. And through Jesus, not only do we have a new standing, but we've been given access. That's why He said, I come to give life and that more abundantly. The thief is out there to steal, kill, and destroy. He doesn't want your marriage blessed. He doesn't want your children saved. There is a thief out there. And he means business. Oh, Peter wrote about him. He's like a roaring lion. He's seeking. He's aggressive. He's active. And he wants to devour the blessing. He don't want you blessed. But God says, if you walk with me, my will for you is blessing. My will for you is to know me and to walk with me, to have a peace that passes understanding, to have a wisdom and a purity and a freedom from the snares of this world and the lust of the flesh, to know what it is to abide in me and to hear my voice and to know my will and to be my vessel through whom we've gained access by faith into this grace. The grace of God, if you can imagine in the theater of your mind, the grace of God. That the beautiful storehouse of the riches and the blessings and the benefits. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits. Don't poo-poo them. Don't just ignore them. Remember them. Receive them. Rejoice in them. The storehouse of God's grace. But it's by our faith in Christ and what He has written that we gain access to enjoy them and to appropriate them. By faith into this grace into which we now, we now, we now stand. We now stand. 
Isn't it good to know you stand in grace, not in judgment? Isn't it good? You stand in grace, not in condemnation. I like that. I stand in grace. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Peace with God. Access to God. A glorious hope in God. You see, peace with God takes care of our past. Hallelujah. He no longer holds our sins against us. That's a beautiful thought. That's a sigh of relief. But access to God, now that takes care of my present. That means I can come to Him at any time for any need to live this life and overcome in this life. But also now there's hope. There is the hope of the glory of God. And that takes care of our future. For one day we shall see Him. And we shall share in the glory of our Savior and our King. And it's our hope that we have received that gives us a certainty of ultimate victory that awaits us. That's why we can go through it and know we might get knocked down here, but victory awaits us. That's why we might get a bad report here, but we know this world is not our home. Victory awaits us. As soon as I came into relationship, I became a citizen of heaven. I had a standing as a son. Then I knew this is just part of the journey. And there'll be some mountaintops and there'll be some valleys. There'll be some times I stumble. Sometimes I feel like the enemy hit me when I didn't see it coming. But I can get back up and not lose my song and not give up in my faith because I know the end has not come. I have a hope. I have a certainty that what awaits the child of God is Victory, victory, sweet, sweet victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. That is why we can be across the way and we can weep as we bury a loved one. And then the next Sunday, we're back in God's house singing His praises, giving Him glory because we have a hope, a hope for a believer. It's not a wishful thinking, but it is a confident expectation that we know there is victory ahead of us. We might get some bumps and bruises here, but this world world is in our home. God has called us to a place of victory, eternal and abundant life. And that keeps us driving. That keeps us striving. That keeps us singing. That keeps us believing. That keeps us trusting. Others might fall away, but those that truly know their God shall be strong and do exploits, for they have a hope in the future, a confidence that because He lives, we can face tomorrow because He has overcome death, hell, and the grave. So shall we. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glorious hope. My Lord. Too much, too much, too much. My Lord, I haven't hit third gear yet. Hallelujah. Would you put the text up there? Because if I get at the notes... They'll be here to one, and I'll be happy, but they won't. Let me walk you through this. Through whom we have gained access by faith. How many are saved? Let me see your hand. How many know you're saved? Some of you don't know, but that's all right. We get the majority of you. Number one, I got peace with God. Peace with God. Peace with God. Secondly, I have access to God. Access to God. You can make a choice. You can live this life and be bitter and ugly, but I want you to know God's not pleased with that, and that's not God's best for you. Someone say amen. amen. And not if I read the right Bible. Am I, you, am I reading the Bible? 
Is this in the book? All right, I just make sure I'm in the book. I'm just trying to say, call the fight of faith. You've got to lay claim to some things. Hell's not going to lay down and die. That old man in your emotional system, he's not going to lay down and sing. No, some of these things you've got to grapple by faith and say, if it's God's will for me to have them, then I can make a choice how I face this life. I can't make a choice about what hits me. I can't make a choice about the weather tomorrow. But I can make a choice of how I will face each and every day, standing on God's Word, believing God's promise, and trusting in God's strength. Through whom we have access by faith. It's by faith. It's by faith. It's not by church membership. It's not by college degree. It's by faith. Faith is going to get me into this grace in which I now stand. You mean I'm standing in it, but I'm not feeding on it? Well, some people, that's true. Because you know you can starve to death in public if you don't eat. Isn't that right? So you can be in it, but not appropriating and enjoying it. Isn't that right? Let me, I'll bring it back down. We've got some older saints here. We've got one or two here. Um, we, we, I'll just give you a good illustration. I know you'll get this one. Um, um, oh, what a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often. Oh, what needless pain we. All because we do not. Everything to God in prayer. The songwriter said it beautifully. He said, as a believer, you have the privilege of prayer, don't you? You have the privilege, Philippians 4 tells us, that we don't have to be anxious, but we can get a peace from God by praying. Isn't that right? But the songwriter saw it long ago, that though we can be saved, if we don't appropriate the privileges we have as believers, we can go, everyone's going to go through stuff. We all go through stuff. But we can go through a lot of needless stuff or face things and not enjoy the victory we can have going through them if we do not appropriate and lay claim to the blessing. You've got to look at the Bible and say, I am a child of God. God don't have no grandkids, so I'm going to believe it. If it's in there, it's for me. I might not have a pedigree of 17 preachers in my background. I might not have a degree from the seminary. But one thing, if I'm a child of God, then I can take it, I can believe it, and I'm going to appropriate it. If Jesus died for it, I'm going to enjoy it. You gotta make up your mind. You gotta make up your own mind on this. We choose. By faith into this grace, into we now stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Knowing I have this standing gives me an assurance that ultimately there shall be victory. That regardless of what I face, I have hope which is a confidence and an assurance of future victory because Christ was walking very quickly. But not only this, how many, I know here's a revelation for you. How many, just because we're justified, doesn't exempt us from storms and trials and some hardships. Am I, am I speaking to the right people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does Paul, Paul recognize that? Paul recognized that. That's why I put verse 3 in here. Not only so, we don't just rejoice. And that word rejoice, it also means to boast. We're not just boasting about this hope because we know he's coming back. We know he's going to defeat the enemy. But you know what? He says, we, we, only, we, we rejoice even in our sufferings, not, not, not for them. Paul did not give us a morbid view of life. 
He gave us a victorious trump if you've left. No, 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 no. He says, but in, in our sufferings, in that word suffering, again, we use the word thalipsis. It means great pressure. The pressures of life. The heavy things that hit us. The things that want to crush us, okay? We rejoice in those things. Not for those things. But even in those, we rejoice. Why? Because we know. We know. What do we know? Well, number one, we know God's in control. We know His grace is sufficient. We know that God is going to walk with us every step of the way. What is it that we know? We know that the trials that hell throws against us to defeat us, God will use to develop us if I respond. We know that the one that saved us will forever be with us. We know that regardless of what hell throws against us, greater is He that's within us than He. We rejoice because we know that suffering, the pressures of life, the hard things of life, produce perseverance. Wow. That word perseverance, um, it's not the word patience is a, is a poor choice of words. This patience kind of conjures up just kind of like a passive, whatever, not the right word at all. This perseverance is like a heroic endurance. It's the ability, what do we like to say? To meet it, greet it, and defeat it. It's a type of perseverance that faces life's trials, standing firmly on God's Word. Not merely letting life just do whatever it wants. We stand firm, and we respond in faith, and we respond in prayer, and we respond with our praise, and we respond with a commitment to Jesus that says regardless of the doctor's report, regardless of what life throws against us, we will bless Him, we will praise Him, and we will serve Him. They love not their lives, even unto death. And that's the word perseverance there. That Again, you choose, I choose, how I respond to life. Get a miscarriage. We choose how to respond to life. We're going to cry our tears. We're going to choose. We'll go through a bad report. We choose. Now, my choicing, my choosing should be an educated choice based on what I know from the Word of God, based on the grace and the peace of God that I have. But whatever you're facing, you choose how you respond to it. Don't mean you don't weep. Certain things, I cry like a baby for a long time. But you wipe away the tears. And you say, Jesus, you're still Lord. And by your grace, I'm going to march on. And it won't always be like this. But you've promised something else. You've promised something else. We know that suffering produces a perseverance. The ability to face life and to Keep your Christian commitment. And to keep your song in the midnight hour. Next one. And perseverance. Now, as you make that choice to respond like a faithful man or woman of God, that produces character. This word character means proven character. The seal of God's approval. The seal of God's approval. Now, you don't get this. <laughs> I make fun of the millennials. God doesn't just give trophies to everyone in orange slices, Okay. This word character means proven character. You don't get this just for asking Jesus into your heart. You got to go through some stuff. You got to live some life. You got to finish some seasons to get this. 
This word literally, it comes from when they would burn the iron. They would burn the precious metal and get rid of the junk. And anything that was inferior, would, and what was left was proven quality. It was genuine. I'm looking at people today, and I know your stories. And for many of you, you know what it is that God has proven you. But you've come out, and the seal of God's pleasure is upon your life because you didn't turn back, and you didn't give up, and you kept on loving Him, and you kept on serving and you went through the fire of affliction and infirmity and rejection and disloyalty but you held on to your hope in Christ and you kept marching on as a witness to the goodness of God and God says there is my son there is my daughter with them I am well pleased there are a people in whom this world are not worthy but God says I am not ashamed to call them mine and he places a seal of proving character the seal of the real thing. Yeah, that's that child. Yeah. That's the word means. That's the word means. Proven character. You're going to get proven character. You've got to go through some stuff that's going to test your character. You don't give this out to elementary students. They're not the ribbon you get. Everyone gets a ribbon. Not, that, that's not the right word. It's the word God. Gives to his people. He says, listen, that one. Hey, Job. Hey, devil. Have you considered my, 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 my servant? And he'll list a lot of your names in there. You considered my servant. You threw, you threw the kitchen sink at him. You see him singing? You try to rob them a blessing. You attack their family. You see them? They're still giving emissions that the rest of the world might hear my gospel. what the word means. Proven character. The seal of God's approval upon a life that's been tested. Whoo! 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 Hallelujah. Oh, glory. Oh, come on. Come on. Ah. Hey, hey, hey. Come on. There's a prayer. God, I want to be found proven in your sight. I want to have that seal of God says, here's a genuine, there's a genuine saint. Uh, They'll try to steal their kids and steal this and afflict them. But they kept serving me and kept loving me through broken hearts and through long and lonely nights, through the tears. But they keep lifting up my name. They keep speaking of my goodness. Wow. And that brings us back to hope. Back to hope. Because the more we go through, see, just because I'm a son doesn't exempt me from going through it. Just because I got access to all this good grace and blessings doesn't mean, you know, the unbeliever don't understand that. I met people in my own family. We went through some stuff in our early days, you know. Why, 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 why would God allow you? Why would God let that? You're a preacher. Maybe he needs. Maybe 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 I need to learn how to weep some tears, so I could shepherd somebody. Maybe I need to learn how to go through a lonely night or two, so I might help someone a little bit. When they go through, I don't know why. No, 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 no. Why, 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 why did it let it happen to you? I don't know. But God's still good. God's still on His throne, and you'll find me next service shouting His praises. 
And that provenness going through it produces, steadies, strengthens our hope, our confidence. Because the more you go through things properly and you come out the other side, not only is God's seal of approval upon you, but you'll find even a greater witness of God's spirit within you. When you come through, you testify, yeah, God is faithful. Yeah, God did bring me through. Yeah, God, I didn't think I'd go through that. I thought I'd crack up. But yeah, I'm still here. Oh, and the closer you get, the closer you get, the greater that hope gets. You see glory more clear. You hear the Savior a little louder. (laughs) And from that hope, we can't go any farther. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? I come to have church. I come to church. Uh, one of my mentors said, son, I faced every service like this. It's going to be the best one ever. And I said, I like that. I like that. I want every service. God's good to us, isn't he? If you're a child of God, you are a blessed person. Now, if you're not a child of God, good thing you came this morning. Because you have the opportunity to enter into this blessed life. You can put your faith in Jesus Christ and what he did on that cross, and you can become a son. You can become a daughter. You can know that you have peace with God. Hallelujah. And for the rest of us, God says, understand who you are in my son. And then familiarize yourself what belongs to you as my child. And use your faith to access my grace for whatever you have need of. His grace really has provided. But we have to lay claim to it. We have to do our part to embrace it. Hallelujah. So I'm going to pray the prayer. We're going to sing the song. If you need need a touch from God, he's here to touch you this morning. If you need, I don't care what it is. You need God to heal you. He'll heal you. You need God to break through in a situation. He's going to break through in it. We're going to access that grace as we pray one for another. And if you're here today and maybe things aren't right with you and the Lord, oh, listen, he's not here to shame you. He's not here to embarrass you. He's here to woo you and to love you and say, I got what's best for you. Come back. Come back. Make a fresh surrender. Put things in order. Give me your heart. Give me wholeheartedness. And I can give you my thorough blessing in your life. Hallelujah. Go ahead. Stand with me, please, folks. Stand with me, please. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, God is good. Oh, we bless you. We love you, Lord. We love you so much. You're so good to us. You're so wonderful. We love you, Lord. We love you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Great is thy faithfulness. We thank you for your blessings. We thank you for your benefits. We thank you for the storms you brought us through. We thank you, Lord, your grace has always been sufficient. Your faithfulness has been great. New every morning, O oh God. Life through the kitchen sink, but you were there, you were there. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for our standing as sons and daughters. We thank you, Lord, for all the wonderful blessings the privileges 
that you have granted us. Not only in heaven, but in the here and now. Oh Lord, we know that many things await glory, but there are many, many things right now that you want us to enjoy. That you want us to embrace. You want to heal wounded hearts right now. And if there's been people here today, maybe they've gone through storms and they've really took some damage and they still really haven't received that inner grace of healing and mending. Oh God, this day, you are a healer of broken hearts. Lord, let there be faith to access that grace. That your healing virtue would flow into their lives, hearts and minds, and men that heal it, soothe it. Lord, you desire that your people enjoy a peace that passes understanding. A peace that is greater than the pressures and the assaults of this life. That even though some might have hard family lives, they might have rough situations at work, they can go through those things and inside have a peace that steadies them and secures them and keeps them strong. It's the peace of your Spirit that you want to give and you want to grant. Oh God, I pray for anyone today that's in such a situation, they look to you and by faith, Ask, believe, receive that supernatural peace that will give them an inner steadying and calm that they cannot produce on their own. Oh, God, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the wonderful blessings and privileges you have given us. And, Father, we ask you this morning, help us, oh, God, to respond to our trials and our tests properly. That we may be proven genuine in your sight. That our character might have your seal of approval upon us. We know in this life we can't avoid every test and every battle. But Lord, we can trust you and believe you and we can choose to do our part to go through it in a way that glorifies you. And Father, we ask right now that when we go through the trials of this life, you'll just give us that special grace to make the right choice, to stand on your word, to believe your good promise, and to go through it in such a way where we would be proved genuine in your sight. And now, Father, help us to use our faith to access the riches of your grace. Now, fathers, we praise you. Receive our praise. Receive our song. Oh, God, let your presence descend upon this congregation. Let your spirit flow like a mighty river at this altar, refreshing, reviving, and working powerfully in the lives of your people. In Jesus' name and all God's people said. Let's worship the Lord. If you need a touch from God, if you need to draw near and receive from the storehouse of His grace, let's let's draw near to God. Let's believe God together.